with your host, Paula Granquist, is brought to you by the Northfield Arts Guild and by the Paradise Center for the Arts. And now, Art Zany, radio for the imagination. Good morning, this is Paula Granquist, and you're tuned in to Art Zany, radio for the imagination. Thank you for tuning in to the show as we celebrate all things creating and share stories. And of course, we always tune our imaginations, which I find to be one of the most um, wonderful things. And today we've got some great inspirations to help you with that. But first, I have this amazing update, and I'm really excited to share this with you. It is an update from an experiment I first told you about during my Northfield Garden Tour show on Arts Any Radio. That was a few weeks ago. And in my opening that week, I talked about gardening because I mainly plant flower pots on the patio. And this year we went all out and expanded to rhubarb and a few cherry tomato plants. But I shared the sad news last time with all of you about what happened to me when my tomato plants burst up from these small Charlie Brown twigs to like middle school child height giant bushes, it seemed like in a matter of days. And I did not keep up with the sprouting branches and, and they begin to go wild and grow outside of those tomato houses I had put around the baby plants. So one day when I went out to try to bring back the unwieldy green growths into the middle frame, you know what's coming next, several of the branches snapped off and I was crushed and I couldn't bear to toss the yellow flowered filled shoots into the compost bags. So I brought them into the house and I put them in a vase because I hope to savor that, you know, that green greenery smell, the tomato smell that comes from holding the stems of just summer fresh tomato and I wanted to enjoy those yellow flowers for a few days. I had no expectations. But guess what? The stems are growing roots and some of the flowers have grown into baby green tomatoes. I I can tell you I'm absolutely surprised. So the roots look strong enough now and maybe long enough that I'm going to possibly make the transition to soil this weekend. And I'm pretty darn excited. I can't believe that it actually worked. So the next time this happens to you, you know that maybe you can just bring them inside and put them in a vase. And it's been amazing. They look really gorgeous on the counter. So keep your ideas open as to what you can put in a vase on the counter. And you know, I don't really need the tomatoes because those that plant, I, I put two of them out there and I think we're going to have tubs of tomatoes in the next <laughs> few weeks. But I want to try and see what happens with this. So for me, the lesson in this story is that you have to use your imagination to make what seems impossible, possible. And if you follow your instincts and think about something out of the box, or should I say out of the tomato house, you might be surprised by what is possible. And I love that in this town, we have so many dreamers. And many of the great things about this town start because somebody says, what if I did X? Why do I want to? What do I want to find in this town? How do I make that happen here? All of this is possible for you, too. So this week on Artsany Radio, we feature one of those great stories and one of the great events of Northfield. That is the Vintage Band Festival. We have to send a very big shout out to Paul Nemisto for his dream of what happens if and the possibilities of bringing 
vintage bands to Northfield and boy has it grown into something spectacular so we are going to go ahead and talk about that and I'm again very excited to be able to share with you the vintage band festival this year is the one day festival so we want to be sure that you know that it's happening on Saturday the 29th of July and that is in Bridge Square downtown Northfield it's 13 hours and 12 bands it's going to be big. <laughs> so I'm going to welcome to Art Zany Radio, Randy Ferguson. Thank you, Randy, for being here and for joining me for the show. Oh, thank you. We appreciate it. Yeah, it's, it is a, a really wonderful event, and it just it brings to life this downtown like, like nothing. It is incredible. There's nothing like it in the world. Right. Similar. We, uh, when Paul had the initial idea, it came from... Two other festivals that were little bits and pieces that he pulled together, but then took off, and what it became was uh, just incredible. Yeah, exactly. So. And and so I guess the first one was uh, I was trying to remember two thousand six. Two thousand six. Yeah. So we're coming up on on a. This is our seventeenth. Right. It's a big one. It's it's and, and just the idea that it it percolated into that because I think that first festival, I think there was no expectation. It, it it was incredibly magical. <laughs> it really was. It was a combination of uh, two, one international band association and then one uh, American Brass Association. I'm not sure the names of the two groups that Paul belonged to, and Paul knows everybody in the world <laughs> in, in the brass music. So it, it put together uh, and just came out wonderful. It was a combination of presentation of scholarly papers that took place in the Archer House and presentations by mm -hmm. uh, those in the famous in the brass world, and then all the concerts. And it uh, the first we've never been rained out. But the first one was knocking on besides, wood for you. <laughs> besides <laughs> magical, it was 102 degrees. That part I do actually oh, remember. Boy, <sighs> and the one day when it hit that, uh, we moved in. It was in a matter of half an hour arranged to move into every church in town. <laughs> so it pulled off beautifully. We felt sorry for the Civil War reenactors in their wool uniforms. One of them said, uh, "Gettysburg, it was this hot." And they died, so we can handle it. We can play. <laughs> yeah, I remember marching in a oh. my high school band in a Fourth of July parade in our wool uniforms, and it was uh, at the state fairgrounds, and it was just just like that. It was that that hot, and um, I, I don't know if I've ever even told this story on the air, but I can't imagine <laughs> how they felt because we were young high school students. And we started, There were people were passing out everywhere, everywhere you looked all of a sudden. And so then there were emergency vehicles and everybody was rushed to tents. And it was this very traumatic experience. And so after that, the best thing that came out of it is we always got to wear T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> and they never again put us in those wool uniforms in the middle of the summer. So Some brilliant mind had purchased them. Yeah, exactly. Well, they're yeah. great for, you know, uh, football games in sure. October. <laughs> So there's so many stories from from this wonderful uh, festival. I'm wondering how you got connected, and have you been involved since the very beginning? Since the beginning, I was a volunteer and volunteered all the way through, and ended up on the board about my I think about seven eight years ago. So how does a string guy get involved? And 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 for folks that don't know, we should talk about your music and uh, the amazing instruments that you play. And just a little, just a, <laughs> just a little. Well, but I think I want pe I want people to to know who you are because they may sure. know your music, Thank but you. um, maybe they don't know your voice. 
<laughs> so tell us a little about that, your string story and how you got then working with all these brass, brass and people. vintage fo- bands. Yes, my instruments do not have mouthpieces. No. Uh, I'm a <laughs> classical and flamenco guitarist and have um, a collection of instruments that uh, goes back. The oldest guitar I have is from 1785. And wow. 1835, 1850, 1900 to present. I've got a beautiful little Civil War era banjo and Various other things like that, and uh, when I do a program, I use about about twenty twenty two instruments, and starting with Renaissance lutes, and then get to that are reproduction, and then get to the the antiques, and uh, so it's an, it's a great deal of fun. Yeah, and I got interested just because it, I've always loved brass music. I mm. have still have about twelve Canadian brass LPs from the olden days, and uh, a few of the newer CDs. And I was a band director. I taught in Farmington for 38 years, middle school. And I'm bless you for, for that. Not asking for sympathy. <laughs> it's just a fact. Uh, but it was wonderful. Absolutely loved it. And I had. Were you, you were a music teacher then? Yes, I had uh, uh, choir choir for 38 years. Oh, I'm sorry, choir for about 30 years, band for about eight, 18 of that. And the last six years I was there, I had class with uh, classroom with. 30 guitars and keyboard lab and African drum and could do whatever I wanted, which was a blast. A good way to end a career. <laughs> and good for those kids to be able to ex- be exposed. You know, normally they, in middle school, you don't get that much variety of instruments. That's wonderful. Yeah. And you've continued it. You have not stopped. <laughs> yes. And I got very interested in uh, the first festival. I thought it was just wonderful. I had I taught at Hamlin for 20 years and a lot of classes of music history and uh, and uh, and tied in music with history and how uh, the history affected what happened in music. And one of the classes I uh, did is mm. Music of the Revolution and Civil Wars. And uh, a few of my uh, textbook heroes, not really textbooks, but a few of the foremost authorities on, on the music at the time happened to be speaking at that Paul had, had snared to come in and Oh, and so he got you so, through a, another through pathway. Oh. And I absolutely loved and everything and the bands and everything what happened. And that got the bands hooked also. I mean, we get flooded with requests of, we would love to come and play and da, 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 da. So it's... Um, Really, uh, from the the players' point of view, uh, they see friends they haven't seen for years, you know. And and a couple of the groups that have been at, at a great deal of the of them. Uh, so it's re- it's really a, a wonderful thing to have an event. Yeah, and it is it is big, and so we're not going to be able to go over every detail. So, folks, if you are curious, the Vintage Band Festival, we can get all the details at vintagebandfestival.org, and they've got a list of the uh, bands coming for this year. And as I mentioned, there are 12 bands. It takes place over 13 hours. And the most wonderful thing about it is it's free and open yes. to the public. Right. And it'll be happening in Bridge Square. Everything. And, and we greatly appreciate donations. That, this is how uh, it, it's a nonprofit organization and it uh, that's that's how we live. So, and a few things about it if you've never been to one before, uh, bring a folding chair, pro- possibly an umbrella and water. Mhm. Uh, we will be uh, we have this year, for really the first time, we'll have three food trucks. Oh, how fun! So 
Maui Waui, which is from Faribault. They are uh, smoothies, mm-hmm. which will probably do a great deal of business that day. It's supposed to be in the upper 80s, but we won't tell anybody that. I'll have to tell my kids because they love Maui Wowies. And oh, every time we go to like athletic events, they're often... They're there. Yeah, they're there. Okay. And so it's, it's a really fresh fruit deliciousness. Yeah. It's good. Oh, and we'll have the Knights of Columbus have a... Uh, a truck with burgers, hot dogs, corn dogs, every fair food. And, and they are often at, at events here, yes. and it's always a, a wonderful the, thing to have those comfort the foods. The defeat days. And, yep. yes. and the Maria Estrada's Little Frida food truck. Yay! So if you don't know Maria, oh my, her uh, Mexican food or her grandmother's recipes. So a lot of places say, you know, family, tradi- truly, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, family, and uh, the f- food is wonderful. And they'll be parked in uh, Bridge Square Around somewhere? Us. Yep. Yeah, so, f- oh, wow. And this is getting bigger every time I learn about it. <laughs> We're adding more and more to cram into that little space. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it's not that tiny, but it's amazing how many people that Bridge Square truly holds. Right, so. yeah, exactly. And that um, is... I don't know. It just it just comes to life, and you know, sort of. It's like a. Um, it, it's nice to have a place in town where, if there's something going on, you know, you you know that's where you should can start looking, right? Yes. That that's that's the central place, and right. so this again is happening on Saturday, the 29th of July. So it's not this Saturday; it's a week from this Saturday, and we want people to get it on their calendars. So that's why we wanted to chat today a little bit about us and. Um, we, I'm trying to think where we should go next. Maybe well, I have one other thing uh, to mention before the festival. We have uh, four pre-festival or three pre-festival events. Oh, no, I didn't even know about these. So do tell. No, we have uh, the 50 North Band, which uh, it's a, it's, it's a band, local band in for open to anyone in Northfield uh, or the surrounding area who enjoy making music, playing playing with uh, friends and neighbors. Currently, uh, they they play year round. It came out of many of the members were part of the community band, and which is a wonderful group, uh, but they only played in June. So these guys wanted to play year round, and they do. There, uh, I mean, there are former former and present band directors. There's just some incredible musicians in there. When is that uh, happening? They will be at at uh, the Fifty North Band at the Northfield Retirement Community Chapel. I believe that is. Only for uh, the residents, however, mm. just because of uh, of health restrictions. And uh, but then on Wednesday, or I'm sorry, on Thursday, we have the Rave Brass, and they will be at 50 North. Uh, Rave is a uh, acronym for its members' communities: Rosemount, Apple Valley, and Egan. Oh. And they are the brass section out of the uh, out of the Rosemont Community Band. Oh, fun. And it's uh, there are uh, about a fifteen-piece group, uh, straight brass and powerful and wonderful. When is that again? That is on uh, July twenty-seventh, Thursday, at seven o'clock, and that's open open and to that's the public. Where again? At Fifty North. Oh, right at Fifty North. Okay. Yes, that's there. Uh, and then on Tuesday, at the library, we have the Northfield Early Music Ensemble, and it is a group of musicians who just delight. And early Renaissance uh, and Baroque music, and even far back as medieval, and then even uh, compositions are written for the ancient instruments. Now they play uh, recorders. In fact, 
tell you a little about the the three this time uh, the, the number varies but uh, this one would be a trio Lori Metling Stenger plays violin viola and piano uh, in fact she was a soloist with the Cannon Valley Regional Orchestra uh, this mm. spring co-founder Judy Mason plays all the recorders from the tiny little eight inch sopranino which is a uh, does Basically, desk cants like a desk cant with uh, a soprano would sing in a choir Ooh. with a melody on top of the main melody. And from the sopranino to the huge bass, she plays all of them in between soprano, alto, tenor, and the bass. The bass uh, flute, you don't often see that. Well, some of them are bigger than the people playing them. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and co founder uh, Fletcher Coolidge has played trombone for over 70 years. And he's, uh, he plays the sackbutt. And as well as recorder. Now, the sackbutt is the ancestor of the trombone. Uh, put it in perspective, it's sort of like if it, it's smaller than a trombone, but looks like it was picked off the vine before it was ripe. Okay? <laughs> it's smaller, and the bell is, is not nearly as large. It has a slide? It's still a slide, it yes. It does. And that was part of the uh, Renaissance music scene. Say the name of the instrument? Sackbutt. I have never, S-A-C- I don't think I've seen one. S-A-C-K-B-U-T. Okay. Occasionally people put an extra T on it, but that's, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> uh, he also plays. A good Scrabble word. Musician. <laughs> he also plays an Alexander's Ragtime Brass Quintet uh, and the Cannon Valley Regional Orchestra and the 50 North Band. Oh, my goodness. And anyone else who needs another trombone player. He'll, uh, so they and- are at the library on Tuesday, July 25th. At four o'clock, fabulous. Four in the afternoon. I didn't know this. So, so it's not really these are, these are like extra concerts. It's the one day VBF, but then there's this like the little tentacles, little satellite things yeah, going satellite. for us before. Yeah, teasers, teasers. That's a good way to phrase then, it. During the festival, there'll also be a husband and wife, Ralph and Mary Brindle, that play the Alpine horns. I read about this. Think Ricola <laughs> cough drop advertisements, and that's actually that what they look like huge. <laughs> and uh, I don't know; it's very possible. <laughs> they play all over, and it'll be fun. They'll be up and down Division and the side streets uh, during the festival. They've been here before, been and here I can, before. can remember my kids just kind of being, you know, like astounded and oh, curious it's, and it's amazed. Just neat the sound. Uh, they. You know, it's all lip work as far as there are no valves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and It has uh, to be breath work, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, it, so that will be fun. And that's what kind of uh, predecessor to the festival. Well, wow, that's just an amazing lineup already. I'm kind of glad, too, because that means more people can participate and it creates generates oh, sure. some excitement and yes. um, gets people uh, ready to go for the Vintage Band Festival. And uh, I, I imagine that there's... Uh, a group of people that work on this for a lo- you know is it round year round now at this yes. point? Yes. Oh yeah. Even even through the plague, we were <laughs> uh, we met uh, uh, via Zoom. Okay. For about a year and a half, and it's uh, the board of directors. Uh, Dan Bergeson has done just a phenomenal job. Hello, uh, Dan. President. Thank you so much for all you do. Oh my. And uh, put up with all the headaches, uh, <laughs> everything involved with uh, with things from booking to musicians are not of this world, okay? <laughs> and you'll send out a contract, and you maybe get it back, and maybe, but all of the logistics, uh, planning, and uh, just wonderful. Yeah. And it, there's a, a group of twelve of us, 
had um, well, that meet bring, monthly. That that brings me to so not only is there a board, but then you probably to make this a success, you have to have some volunteers. A tremendous amount of volunteers. Are there still spots if people there are, are still interested? Spots. Uh, I believe on the website there's a a link to volunteers. I think there's where a, you can sign up a, a sign up genius sheet. Yes. So if you could, and and some of the jobs that might be available are just short little shifts. Um, yes, you don't have to volunteer the whole day. No. It's just uh, they just all. need you know at certain times maybe people to come and answer questions or greet people or help with uh, all kinds of things that happen just to make it go smoothly. That's right, and lots of, you know there's so many behind the scenes mm-hmm. things. So, uh, and you know, you'll hear me say too about each of these groups. Uh, it's very true that these are groups this year that are really the best that Minnesota has to offer. Uh, I think it's the best one day that lineup that we've had. That's impressive. Ever. And it's, uh, there are many players, and it's interesting, just like I mentioned that uh, Fletcher Coolidge played in those three other organizations. Many of the players are members of multiple groups. Uh, you'll have, we ran into a bit of a problem last year with a four-day, and that we had one tuba player that was scheduled uh, at the same time in two different, up, up, in, <laughs> up, up in the um, uh, Central Park and on Bridge Square in two different groups. So, oh, can't do that. No, it's uh, you can be good, but not quite that. Right. <laughs> There's a limit. Got that taken care of. We uh, well, had to go through and kind of figure out, and that's where both Dan and Paul know who's in in what so it, that's that's <laughs> it what we greatly. yeah that's what we should do then is maybe talk about the uh, bands that are coming uh to the vintage band festival again if you want more details or want to read more about each of the bands vintagebandfestival.org they've got a list of the times as well as some of the bands have a little um article written about their history or their story or what kind of music and you know from uh, this this festival there will be Musical traditions from everything from New Orleans-style brass, German brass, Scottish bagpipes and drum corps, an all-trumpet choir, a band with the Balkans, African, and Caribbean roots, an army band, mariachi band, um, British-style brass, Mexican banda music, and a swinging big band. So, I mean... Very diverse. So you're not going to... It's not all the same sound. No. It it is spectacularly... Uh, talented people who are in these bands. When I first got uh, involved, I had a friend, I told him I was involved with Vintage Band Festival, and he said, Vintage Band? The Association, Paul Revere and the Raiders, and no, a <laughs> uh, little, little different. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like the, uh, when you mentioned British, uh, the Sheldon Brass that will be there, uh, they originated in 1989 and uh, made up, well, they were, the resident performing ensemble at the newly restored turn of the century Sheldon theater. Mm-hmm. They're made up of cornets, trombones, tenor horns, euphoniums, tubas, and percussion, no woodwinds and British band tradition. Uh, basically is that instrumentation cornets trumpets are not allowed. <laughs> oh, that's what makes it. You see, and, and many, yes. And uh, if you take a cornet looks, looks shorter. People think it's smaller than a trumpet. Uh, if you uncoil them <laughs> and make a long, one long tube, they're the same length. They just have an extra little bend in them. Uh, a cornet has, if you could straighten it out, a cornet looks like a very large uh, ice cream cone. It's called a conical bore. 
when you play it, the sound waves go through, but they're rolling because it gets a larger diameter as it goes. And they come out and it's very mellow. Trumpet plays the same same notes, but it's called a cylindrical bore. bore. If you open it up, stretch it out, uh, it looks like one long straight tube, uh, the thickness all the way through, and at the end, just flares out for the bell. Well, the sound waves shoot through, and it's a very piercing sound. So early jazz was cornets, mm. and then in the 1920s, everybody switched uh, as jazz progressed and evolved. Everybody switched to the trumpet because they wanted that uh, that piercing sound, and that's kind of state standard. So you have the Sheldon Brass with their oh, I don't know if it's 30, 30 some players. Uh, it's the notes would be the same, but it's a very mellow but rich, thick, lush sound. And I do have a sample, so I think we should play a little bit of of their uh, music because they are um, just have a glorious sound. This is from their 30th anniversary concert, and uh, let's see the selection of this piece. I've got that written down here. Oh, goodness. Um, On my other sheet here. This is called Rhythm and Blues by Philip Spark. And again, this is uh, Jim Kirshner directing, and it was their 30th anniversary concert in Red Wing at that beautiful theater. So let's take a listen to uh, their performance. Thank you. 
Wow. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, it was a tune that takes you from this bold, big start, and then it goes down real quiet, and you hear all the brass sounds, and then boom, they're back right at it. <laughs> Just some virtuoso passages in there. Yeah, exactly. And so, again, that was the uh, Sheldon Theater Brass Band. Uh, Rhythm and Blues by Philip Spark was the piece for their 30th anniversary concert. So thank you to them for uh, putting that up so we could take a listen to that. It was absolutely glorious. Um, they are going to be playing at 10 a.m. on um, the festival on July 29th, which is Saturday. And they're the second band because the first band playing is uh, New Prague Community Band. They've been a part of the festival for a long Quite a time. Few years. Yeah, they're going to kick it off at 9 a.m. And it's wonderful having a they're a true community band mm -hmm. they're from teenagers uh in middle school and high school band all the way through uh age 80 mm. <laughs> and everything in between that's that is um really fun to have them back and to have them be a part of the festival and as i mentioned 10 a.m then is the sheldon theater brass band then we move on to something which is uh completely different the Bavarian Music Meisters. Yes, <laughs> members of the Bavarian Music Meisters. Oh, actually, isn't it the... Oh, we'll... oh I'm sorry. I'm joking. I have to one o'clock. You flipped, flipped a page. So we're going to the uh, 11 a.m. slot, which is the 34th Division Regimental Band, also known as the Red Bull Band. Red oh, Bull yours, Band. Yours isn't by time. So I. that's what happened. You've got the program uh, guidelines. And so I, I'll... Sorry about that. I thought yours That's was, okay. was laid out the way my list was. That's fine. The 34th Infantry Division Band, the Red Bull Band. I'm going to just read you the history, a very short blurb that they sent us, uh, rather than try to describe it. Officially organized in the 30th of April, 1900, the 34th Infantry Division Band has proudly served the state and nation for over 123 years. Wow. Seeing service in World War One, World War Two. And more recently, the global war on terrorism, whether performing for the public, supporting military ceremonies, or entertaining the U.S. service members and our allies, the soldiers, uh, soldier musicians of the Red Bull Band are honored uh, to serve one of the U.S. Army's most respective uh, divisions. The 34th Infantry Division Band has performed everywhere in Minnesota, just about everything you can imagine in venues. And... Uh, musicians in the military are phenomenal. Yeah, I know. And it there's is... a real treat to have them come and be a part of the festival. Yes. And they, they are talented. I have several friends that have been in uh, both Army and Air Force and different bands, uh, military. But it's uh, <clears throat> uh, a lot of competition to get in. Have to be the finest. Mm -hmm. uh, and not only that, as musicians, you also go through... The basic training that everybody else does, which <laughs> the most fit musicians. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> well, yeah. that'll be a thrill. That's at 11 a.m. and then at noon, a uh, a group I'm not as familiar with, the Twin Cities Trumpet Ensemble comes. Yeah, 24 trumpets together. Uh, they're the only 24 trumpet ensemble in the United States, home in, in uh, the Twin Cities. They were founded in 2014. Started with three trumpets that uh, wanted to get together and play. And they just invited friends. And again, we're talking uh, people that play in other bands, other other uh, ensembles, uh, everything from uh, just people who love to play and are very good at it to 
former and present band directors, college band directors, high school. So it's a wonderful sound to hear just the 24, all of them together. It's, it's probably amazing what you can do if you're just trumpets, but you'll be surprised, I bet, at how much you know, they have range they have with their sound. Oh, yes. And they uh, also have an ensemble that comes out of there, uh, a, a group of, I believe it's six musicians, at, uh, a jazz ensemble, and added percussion and occasionally a low brass thrown in there. Wonderful. So, and that, again, is at um, 11. Oh, oh, no, I'm sorry. You're right. Boy, we're, we, people got to go look up the schedule because we're just messing them all up. <laughs> Vintagebandfestival.org. And I do want to remind people that, that um, if you're a big fan of the Riverwalk Market Fair, that is also still going to be going That's on. That's going on. And so the Side music time. will accompany all the things yes. that you normally love to find. And the the booths are well, there till 1 o'clock. And some of them just kind of stay around later, too. Because it's probably, yeah, there's a lot of people, and it's, so it's going to be a, a really happening place. And they are, have been absolutely wonderful to work with. Uh, it's a wonderful organization, and very accommodating to us, kind of taking over their domain on Saturday mornings. But uh, they complement each other very much. I wanted to be sure and get that out there, because I know that's a popular thing in Northfield as well. So there's more reasons for you to come downtown next Saturday on the 29th. And then um, at one o'clock, we that we get back to our Bavarian uh, Muskemeisters. Is that music, music. meisters? Sorry, music meisters, mm-hmm. music masters. The Bavarian music masters. Uh, they are from the Twin Cities. Model themselves after traditional German village bands, Lederhosen and all. <laughs> and thirty-five musicians playing authentic arrangements of brass and woodwind instruments. Uh, and it's it's great because they involve the audience by getting them to come out and, and dance. And they uh, they teach you how. Uh, just a quick little 10-second version, do this, this, this. And it's, it's just a blast. You know, Randy, one thing I'm thinking about is all of the coordination that has to happen between these shows to get each band on and off the stage. Do you guys have, like, dress rehearsals? How does this happen? Up the left side, <laughs> down the right. is. <laughs> it's no... We have a person in charge of the stage that... Uh, and generally, the bands have done most of are so used to uh, setting up quickly mm. and on and off and about 15 minutes between each one, which so isn't the, a lot of time. No, that's not for those. I'm thinking of those 35 folks coming up on the stage. Yeah. It's, <laughs> so. it's quite a feat. So that's actually kind of entertaining to watch too. <laughs> <laughs> it can be. So it goes, it goes on. So, and, and the nice thing about the concert for anyone who's, who's not been, um, it's, it's a very casual day of you know you don't you don't have to come for the whole thing like you said oh. you bring your lawn chair and then if you get hungry and want to wander Set downtown it up and go someplace to eat come ha- on back have a snack come back go to one of go the food through, trucks go through uh go through some some of downtown if you've never been here before if you're inspired to dance a lot of and them... a lot of it you'll hear in the background from mm-hmm. wherever you are that's right and so that's what makes it great now the, the next band we're going to talk about i remember when they came here and they are spectacular so i'm jack really brass. excited for jack brass band to come back jack brass band is based on new orleans traditional brass bands uh the eight-piece band plays what they call feel-good music um, everything from New Orleans jazz, Louis Armstrong era to modern Mardi Gras. And I have a clip for us to take a listen to uh, from from them, which is 
Um, this I, I feel like this is a great discovery. This is called Ms. Lollipop, and it's featuring Roger <laughs> Lewis. But what this is from is this: they did this a uh, concert as a 2020 social distancing session. So I'm just imagining if you get a chance to go look this up, I highly recommend it. Each of them must have recorded their part because they're all video in different spaces and places but whoever engineered this and put this together it's exquisite so let's let's take a listen to uh ms lollipop with the jack brass band it's a spectacular piece so let's take a listen here on arts any radio that uh go go through it's it's a, a beautiful song i highly recommend you listen to it because at the end there's a little surprise if you you catch the video again that's ms lollipop from jack brass band featuring roger lewis 
um, just a, a renowned saxophonist, and uh, it's such a cool sound. So that was um, that was a lot of fun to uh, listen listen to them and have them be a part of the show. But they'll be here and in person next uh, next weekend on Saturday. Um, how many times? Quite a few times. Yeah, I, with I, us. Yeah. I, and and it's one. I remember taking my kids one of the first years, mm-hmm. and that's the one, the band that they kind of you know really uh, enjoyed the most. I Up think and jumped around. Yeah, too. exactly. That's yes. right. Because there's a lot of uh, I don't know. You just can't help but move and groove when you listen to something like that. <laughs> and again, that is at two p.m. But we're still not done because, as we mentioned, the Vintage Band Festival is Saturday the twenty ninth. 13 hours, 12 bands in Bridge Square, and VintageBandFestival.org is where you can get more details. Following Jack Brass Band is a new edition, right? Yes, first time. Mm-hmm. Quite drastically different and so, yeah, from an, everything else. Another is, turn. <laughs> yes, Minnesota Pipes and Drums. Uh, pipes as in bagpipes. And we don't have it set quite yet. What, but we we probably marching in. We'll see. That's what they to do. Something to the effect to get to the stage. They're a competition uh, band, yes. and I love. I have to say, I love them because I went to their website, and on the cover is a guy uh, dunking, if you will, in a basket uh, bagpipe. And and I don't know how they they look like they're having a ton of fun on their on their website. So I'm certain they're going to be an amazing. They're very accomplished and very um, have won a lot of awards. So drastic difference and a, a wonderful, really outside. Inside, it's a little tricky. Uh, <laughs> they are are loud, but they consist a section of pipers. Uh, now they're playing the great Highland bagpipes. There are different sizes. These are the biggies, mm-hmm. the big ones. Uh, and the percussion section, snare drummers, tenor drummers, and bass drum. They're the drum corps portion. Uh, they're nationally recognized competition performance, as you said, won many awards. Uh, they were put together in 1963 to carry on a rich tradition and heritage of Scottish music. And yeah, what fun! And so we're lucky that they're coming to, to be a part of this festival. And then we move to at four p.m. Metro Brass. Metro Brass is another uh, a brass group of amateur musicians, eleven of them from Minneapolis St. Paul area. They've only been together for about five years, but they come together for what they call the Metro Brass Sound. They all play in different bands mm. and different art ensembles, and come together to this. And so that's a, another another treat for us. And um, again, the music just doesn't stop. So there'll just be those brief pauses for them to flip the stage, if you will. But it's um, just an all-day festival and uh, a lot of sounds. I think that's what I love the most is, you know, it's not tied to one particular way of being a wind instrument or a brass oh, no. instrument. It's It goes the whole gamut. And that's what's coming up next. This um, is the widest... Uh, most diverse group that we've had. Yeah, and so at, uh, at five, there is the Mariachi Mitera. Uh, mariachi Mitera, uh, Mariachi the Earth, and it's the oldest mariachi ensemble in Minneapolis-St. Paul metropolitan area. Uh, in mariachi music, uh, is something that probably most. Uh, well-known style of music from Mexico. Mexico is actually is the United States of Mexico. There are 31 states, and most of them have their own drastically different style of music. Mm. So the 
mariachi music came out of Jalisco, the state of Jalisco, central western, and uh, that's way different than uh, the music from Veracruz, which is way different from Michoacan. Uh, it's, it's all regional, different mm -hmm. instrumentation. And the basic setup for mariachi music is you have uh, two violins, two trumpets, and the, both playing generally in thirds and sixths, if you know what I'm, basic harmony, if you know what I'm oh, okay. talking about okay. on that, you'll hear a sound that you've heard many, many times in music. Uh, a regular, what you call a uh, Spanish classical guitar, and then a vihuela, which is a five-string guitar, but instead of inlaid brass frets, they're tied guts, gut frets. Only go uh, five of them that go up. Uh, and the back of it is similar to the same thing on the bass instrument, the guitarron. It is, if you looked at the back of the instrument, it looks like a tent. It comes up, instead of a flat back, it's a V that comes upward. And that way, the musician is leaning the, the instrument against their body. Ah. And they can see exactly what they're doing uh, much better. And it's it's just, that's the way the instruments you evolve there. You know a there. lot about instruments. I think that you're like a little <laughs> secret weapon here. <laughs> well, you're teaching us so much today. I, I appreciate it. I know, know enough to get in trouble. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> well, the, the coolest, though, is the guitarron. It's an enormous bass instrument. <laughs> yes, it is. Think string bass holding upright like a guitar strap. Yeah. But again, it has that vaulted back, so it's leaning against. And the cool thing about that is you, tr the player truly feels the music. Of course. The back vibrates. It goes right into it. Now, you, that's with a regular guitar, but with something that size. And again, it has... Uh, no inlaid frets. They're tied gut, gut frets. I hadn't I say thought gut, about all of gut this. Gut strings uh, replaced by nylon in a lot of respects, but that tends to slip. So those have been in use since the time of David in the field with his harp, <laughs> you know, strumming little notes and reciting poetry. Right. So but there are wonderful traditional, uh, traditional sound. And then, yeah, and so we go from that to at 6 p.m., Banda La Veradera. Yes, and they are... Not your grandparents' mariachi group by any <laughs> means. They have a lot of the tradition, mm -hmm. a lot of the uh, they play uh, the repertoire. Uh, it's from many of the different states, uh, but high brass sound with it. If you take, uh, I uh, don't mean to to uh, take anything away from a mariachi. It's a uh, it's just a different sound mm -hmm. with taking a lot of the elements of a mariachi band, and then you've got the high power of brass with it. Yeah, it's 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 but it's it's big. It's extremely exciting. Yeah, and exactly, and it's um, very powerful. Something we can all look forward to, and then there's a, a seven fifteen start, which so it throws off the time schedule here for a little bit with Brass Messengers, and uh, I love um, their their band. They they their description. Yeah, do you, do you want to read it? <laughs> oh sure. Uh, they, uh, describe themselves, or their music is anything that fits into the twisted brass tubing, from originals to covers from around the globe, as long as you make it joyful music. That sounds like the place to be. And the the picture of them that you'll see in the program is wonderful. It kind of <laughs> shows their whole philosophy of life right I know. there. I do have a sample to play, and it's, um, I'm just gonna, we're not going to have time to play much, but I just want you to hear just a few seconds of, of this is uh, the Brass Messenger this piece is called uh, Mask on the Mantle. Mm -hmm. 
got to go and listen to that. That's on their website, Brass Messengers. Uh, a combination of many styles, but Caribbean and Balkan, uh, different styles all put together. Yeah, they're just spectacular. They started as uh, being a street band. Uh, for the annual Heart of the Beast Parade in Minneapolis. Oh, the big theater. Long time ago. Yeah, the puppets. Um, And it expanded from there. And you can tell they're having fun, so you cannot miss that one at 7.15. And then the night wraps up at 8.45 with Bend in the River Big Band. Yes, that's a a, a big band era, 1930s into the 40s. Uh, Jazz had evolved from one person on one instrument one trombone one trumpet one clarinet to sections and sectional jazz uh you had the glenn miller um tommy dorsey jimmy dorsey that influence and those charts and as long as uh as well as regular uh regular as well as their own arrangements uh they've been part of the vintage band festival for quite a few times quite a few few years always end with a big band And it becomes a street dance. And so, folks, you've got to go. We are running out of time. There's so much happening for the Vintage Band Festival, vintagebandfestival.org. We want to encourage people, if you have time to volunteer or if you're willing to support the festival, you can check out vintagebandfestival.org. They need your support because uh, they're building up to when the next big longer festival is but there'll always be the one day festival yes and this this year it is july 29th 13 hours 12 bands in bridge square week from saturday (laughs) thank you randy for joining me today oh you're welcome paula thank you for doing this my pleasure word out it does and i just feel like dancing after all that music so folks you've been listening to art zany radio for the imagination please always remember to add some art zany to your life and in the meantime till next time enjoy your imagination You've been listening to Art Zany, Radio for the Imagination, with your host, Paula Granquist. Art Zany is brought to you each week by the Northfield Arts Guild and by the Paradise Center for the Arts in Faribault. Hello, everyone. This is Marty Barnes with Barnes PRCA Rodeo. I'd like to invite everyone out to the Rice County Fair.